Hey everybody and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and a despondent Jimmy Stein, that's him. And it's, uh, man, it's a Sunday that many of us would like to forget immediately. Jimmy, that's one of the, I, I have no problem saying that. This is one, it's one, I mean, it was an entertaining game, an entertaining Iron Bowl, if you had no dog in the fight. But I got to say, it's one of the worst football experiences I've ever had on a couple of different levels. It was the most exhausting game. I I was uh, emotionally drained at halftime. And and the worst part of of being emotionally drained at halftime is I knew, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, that the second half was going to be worse. I mean, this wasn't all of a sudden going to get better. It was going to be 60 more, it was going to be 30 more minutes of the exact same torture and it was it was it was exhausting and tiresome and great and horrible I I tweeted at one point that I felt like we were losing 49 to nothing and winning 49 to nothing in the same game Uh, that's really what it felt like to me like we were at times playing great at times blowing them out uh, at times just clearly better than they were and then there were other times where we were just giving the game away to, to such such the point of self destruction. It was shocking, and uh, and then you you know you put it all in a blender, and 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 of course of course it comes out with us doinking a, a field goal. Of course it ends with us having twelve men on the field. Of course it does, uh, and that, and that's just. It gets you upset and mad and angry and sad. It gets you all of those things. But at the same time, what a performance by Mac Jones, all things considered. Jalen Waddle was Superman. I mean, literally one of the great single-game performances I have ever seen, ever, watching Alabama football. A good game by Najee, who really ended his career at Alabama, I think. Uh, proving that he was a, a high-quality back that we always knew he would be. Uh, the offensive line did really well considering what they were up against. Um, Bullivis actually made like a 52-yard field goal earlier in the game. Uh, there, there were several things that you just wanted to, to, to stand up and clap and, and be appreciative and then just an avalanche of ridiculously bad errors and and that's the end result and that's what happens when you know you make a bunch of errors against a good team that, that in their place the hell you think's gonna happen so it was a well-deserved loss frankly but uh but you know they're, they're, we, we clearly played with great effort uh just the execution wasn't always there, and uh, I think I think for a team that finished just eight points shy of being undefeated, we have a lot of work to do this off season. A lot. There's no doubt about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean the undisciplined nature with which many of the upperclassmen played with is a problem. And I think here's the thing. We have so much content to go off about from this game alone. I mean, from the, okay, is it, you want to go macro with this thing and talk about is the, 
dynasty failing, or do you want to go micro and say, well, where was the, how about, let's just talk about the injuries alone, or let's talk about the undisciplined effort or lack of leadership that we had overall. I told you one of the big things I questioned coming into this year was leadership. And I did not see much leadership coming from any upperclassmen. I mean, any of them. Name somebody. And and I mean, if you want to say Anthony Jennings, and God knows I love me some Anthony Jennings. He's from near me in Dadeville. Um, I I was born and raised in Ellick City, and I love that kid. But he was – he got mixed up in a couple of personal foul situations, or at least one personal foul situation that he shouldn't have been in, um, that if he doesn't get involved in it, maybe he shouldn't have gotten the flag. I was at the game, and I'll talk about that in a second. So I didn't see it as well as other people, but the the vibe I'm getting, and I haven't had the stomach yet to watch the replay, is that if he just keeps his cool a little bit more, maybe it's just Alabama, or maybe it's just Auburn getting the 15 yard penalty and not Alabama too. So um, there was, you know, there, there's a lot of places to go with this thing. Um, first and foremost, I got to say, and I do want to elaborate on this a little bit. It sounds petty and awful. But that was one of the worst football experiences I've ever had. I've been to a lot of places. When I go to LSU or Tennessee, I know Alabama fans are going to get their, you know, people are going to get their shots in on us because they kind of tell you coming in, you know, we're, <laughs> we're going to throw stuff at you and we're going to, and I kind of get it. The thing about going to Auburn is it's different. It's, it's, it's more visceral. It's not really throwing stuff. It's, it's just the way you're treated. Um, passive aggressive. It is. It's very passive, passive aggressive. aggressive. Yeah, and, and I, I was in the stands with my in-laws, and I have my in-laws are Auburn people, <clears throat> and they're great folks, and they had good seats. And I was way up top. We were splitting the 50. My three-year-old daughter was with me and my um, the boyfriend of my sister-in-law. And, um, you know, a guy accidentally sp- – he had been sort of talking smack a little bit, but, I you know, I, would, I just don't talk. I just – I've learned my lesson on that the hard way. I just don't talk to people when uh, – when I don't like talking smack and if somebody wants to talk football, I'll do that, but I'm not going to talk smack. He spilled his drink on me by accident. I know it was an accident, but he was drinking, you know, and I do that too at most games. I wasn't doing it this game, but he spilled his drink on me. And, you know, I, I was like, Oh man, and, you know, it went down my back and I was like, God, and I just sort of brushed it off and he didn't apologize. He just said, well, it wasn't that big of a deal. And I said, man, I'm the one that's wet. Let me be the judge of, of how big a deal it is. And so we sort of went at it a minute and, then a bunch of them came over and, you know, the the sister-in-law's boyfriend got involved and it was sort of a thing. And it just, it sort of simmered throughout the game the rest of the way that way that just made it kind of uncomfortable for the whole thing. And I was like, look, I was over it. I mean, I'm fine. But the guy wouldn't shut up. Eventually he had to move. And, um, you know, it was just a thing. for And the people next to me, I mean, <clears throat> it was funny because they kept saying, well, we just really hope it's a good game. And I said, you know, I said, I do too. Good luck to y'all, you know. And then she kept, she would say things like, and this is a 60-something-year-old woman. She would cut her eyes at me and then look back to her friend and say, I told y'all, <laughs> if this thing gets with it close, the SEC office is going to give it to Alabama. And I was like, lady, we've got seven penalties in the fourth period. I mean, I didn't say anything because I'm like, you know, but I I was like, what are you watching? I mean, what? And then I figured it out. Do you know why they do this? Because it's ingrained. I mean, on the you weren't there for the Jumbotron. The Jumbotron is nonstop old highlights of like, you know, the shot that Greg McElroy took in 2010, which was, you know, it was a hard tackle. I mean, yeah, I get it. But they kept showing that highlight a lot. They showed the kick six a lot. They showed um, 
Saban getting mad on the jumbotron. They showed, and I was thinking, why are y'all, why are y'all still showing highlights from like six and seven years ago? Show some new stuff. And why are you showing? And then they showed highlights. Uh, I want to say, I don't know if it was Alabama missing a field goal. It had something to do with a field goal of Alabama missing it right before we were about to kick the field goal. And I was thinking, can you do that? I don't, I mean, can the video board like play head games with the, with the other team? Yeah. They're engaging in, in, in psychological in warfare officially. And uh, I've never, know, I've never heard of a team doing it, but if I would, I would guess that Auburn would do that. Yeah. But look, That's in the end, then. in the end, you can have a bad experience in the, anywhere, and I, I understand that. I understand it's how hard it it is to paint with a broad brush, and how unfair it is to paint with a broad brush. And so I'm I'm trying not to do it, and it is I'm trying to be um, I'm trying to be honest with my own feelings too here because here it is Sunday morning that we're putting this out, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, some other Alabama fans felt my frustration. I'll tell you something else today. You know, I'm leaving, and all I had, man, if I'm lying, I'm dying. I had, I got photographic evidence, but all I had was like an Alabama polo with a script A on it and some uh, black and white stripes. It didn't even have any crimson on it. I mean, I just, I try to be kind of nondescript at these things because I, I don't, I'm not going looking for anybody to get in somebody's face or whatever. And, um, you know, every now and again, I was leaving the stadium. I had to go back because they, they, where we were tailgating was like three miles from the stadium and they had these buses that take you. And so I kept stopping people and asking, like, where are the buses? And they kept taking me, like, they kept leading me to different places. I don't think they were trying to purposely mislead me. I just think they didn't know, and they didn't want to tell me they didn't know. So, they, like, I kept going around the stadium, and I was by myself. And, I, man, I must have walked six miles, I shit you not. And uh, so, but every night again, I'd come up with somebody, they go, oh, you're an Alabama fan, I'm not telling you. And, and they'd walk off, and I'd be like, man, you, you know, Okay, if I take my shirt off, will you tell me? I don't care about the rivalry right now. I'm just trying to get on, you know. And um, you know, I'd have a bunch. I had one guy come up to me, and he put his hand over his face, like waving it, like you know, you can't see me. That thing that people do. And he was going, "We put that yo on you." And I was like, "I don't know what you're talking about, but if you can get me to the bus stop, I'll get all the yo you can put on me. I just want to go to the bus stop. That's where I'm going." Um, and it got to be quite comical. And so I said, screw it. I'm just going to start walking back to the tailgate. It was three miles away from the stadium. And I'd already walked easily three miles. And I started walking. I got about a mile and a half. And I saw this guy in an Uber. And he was looking about as sad as I was. And I said, sir, are you waiting on somebody? He said, I am. He said, but the cops won't let them come through. Um, and I said, look, I got to go a mile and a half. I felt like the Blues Brothers. I was like, I got a mile and a half. I got $2 cash. And and I've got no more willpower left. Can you drive me for two dollars cash? And I said, if you can, get, if we can get the the Wi-Fi, I mean, not the Wi-Fi. The if I can get a signal, I will pick. You can pick me up as an Uber, and I'll give you a thirty dollar tip. And I said, we couldn't get the you know the the Uber app to work because everybody was crowding it. And you know, I said, here's your two dollars, man. I'm so sorry, it's the only cash I had. And like he was letting me out. I said, come on in. I'll take you into the convenience store. There's a convenience store right there. I said, you can go get filled up with gas, whatever you want. He said, buddy, he said, I can tell you I've had a bad day. And he said, if I can't help you out, what good am I? And I thought, you know, there are good people left in this universe. <laughs> so it, 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 it restored a little faith in humanity back to me. Leave it to the good folks at Uber. Uh, the good folks at Uber did it again. But... Jimmy, that I don't know what was, a, so uh, worst, what was the most disappointing thing to you. 
I just watched it. I mean, I just watched the game on TV, and 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 it was devastating. And you had a much worse day than me, so I will uh, I will feel better about uh, about my day. But now, really, really today, in terms of what my focus is on today, and I hate blowing off the bowl game. I'm I'm not blowing off the bowl game at all. In fact, I can see myself getting. I don't know if it's excited is the right word, but I'm curious to know where we're playing and who we're playing. And I'm curious to know which, which of our players are going to sit out, if, if any or all of them. I won't be shocked if none of them sit out. And I won't be wow. shocked if 14 of them sit out. Uh, I'm sure it'll end up being in the middle, but I'm just saying nothing is going to surprise me when it comes to that. But really what I'm eager to do is uh is turn the page and, and I hope what we hear from Nick and I, and I think this is what we'll hear we we sort of heard it this off season but I hope what we hear is sort of a rededication to what got us here in the first place and that's the process I, I think I think we've gotten even as a fan base and, and I'm sure this this gets you know kind of kind of trickles down to the team very results oriented very results like. Are we going to make the playoff? What do we need to do to get in the playoff? Uh, what are we going to do, uh, you, you know, against uh, Clemson or Ohio State at the end of the year when we get there? I think the new focus needs to be on this, recruiting the best talent possible and, and, and training the players to be the best college football players possible and, and focusing more on improving as a program and, and and not so much caring about what's on the scoreboard or who we're playing or or anything else. Just the process of becoming the best college football program sort of needs to be the focus and, and a little less on the results. And, and and if we lose some games during this, for lack of a better word, rebuilding process, okay, so be it. But we we've got to get better. My my main concern is this. There's a couple of ways to look at it. I'm sort of stealing from a from a buddy of of mine and Luke's. Uh, but but what he said was is obviously true, and that's we can't lose sight of the fact that we were just a few plays short of being 12 and 0. A few plays changed two plays against LSU, changed two plays against Auburn, and we're sitting here 12 and 0 playing Georgia next week, even in a position that if we lost to Georgia, we'd still make the playoffs. We're four plays away from that, so let's not pretend like this was just some utter Titanic meets the Hindenburg disaster. We're not that far away from being exactly where anyone would want to be. But, but we also need to face this fact, and it is a fact. In 2009, we, we, we beat handily the current existing dynasty in the SEC championship game and then went to Pasadena in the Rose Bowl and won the national championship game handily. In 2011, we fielded one of the great defenses in the history of college football and won a national championship game in their backyard 21 to nothing. In 2012, we went to a national championship game playing the second most tradition-rich program in college football and absolutely kicked their ass to the point their head coach was making jokes at halftime about how they can't compete with us. In 2013, we had an undefeated season until the final second of, of the season. In 2015, we won a national championship with Jake Coker at quarterback. Jake Coker. We won a national championship with Jake Coker, the same quarterback, by the way, that in game three, we decided wasn't as good as Cooper Bateman. We won a national championship anyway. 
2016, we, 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 we made it all the way to the national championship, losing in the final second. The point is, we have been a dominating, an absolutely dominant program on the biggest stage for over a decade, and that is gone. That's gone. We're not dominant on the big stage anymore. As a matter of fact, when we've been on the big stage lately, we've been terrible. One mistake after another, giving games away. Horrible defense. Nick Saban's teams had never given up 45 points in a game. Now we've done it three times in 13 games. That's, that's, not, that's not the injury. And here, and here, 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 well, that's going to kick off another rant on something else. But I, I've read some excuses that are just wrong, and, and one of them is the injuries. And I'm the first to tell you guys there's a difference between excuses and reasons, and injuries are a reason, not an excuse. That's true. But it's also totally overstated. We lost two defensive starters. That's it. Two. Dylan Moses and LeBron Ray. I know people say Josh McMillan was a starter, but those same people saying Josh McMillan was a starter all summer said Christian Harris or Shane Lee or Cahoe was going to beat him out. No one considered Josh McMillan a starter until after he got hurt. The other defensive players might have been nicked up from time to time, like DJ Dale, but we got three quarters of a season out of him, and he was just a true freshman anyway. I'm just saying the injuries were the reason we weren't as good as we could have been, but those injuries aren't the reason we're giving up 45 points three times in the past 13 games. Sure, it might be the reason we give up 30 points, but 45? So we have a lot of improving to do, particularly on that side of the ball. The offense has been coached so well and is so good. We could we scored twice as many points as anyone scored on Auburn all year with the backup quarterback. That's how good our offense is. But the defense has miles to go, and I think it's going to go back to the beginning and start with the process. We need to start over on that side of the ball. Yeah, I think that's probably the only way to do that. Um, and that that is the thing. I think that's – look, when you leave a game like that and you lose that way especially, and especially in a rivalry this intense, you know, and, and I'm, I've already done it. I mean, I've already bitched about all these other ancillary things that have nothing to do with the game and definitely won't help anybody get better. Um, and I'm trying to guard myself from doing that. It's hard not to. It's human nature to want to find a culprit that that you go, oh, there's got to be some kind of culprit. There's something wrong here, and it's not us. It's got to be something else. Well, I think the the thing is, it is it is just us. It's a, it's, it's Alabama on the whole. Some things need to change. Um, we all got a little complacent, which is also human nature when you're <clears throat> winning so big and so often. Um, and I think you're right. The defense needs a total overhaul. I think this is a, certainly a bad sign for Pete Golding. I'm not saying he's going to be fired. I would be shocked if he were around. Um, in fact, if I were Pete Golding, I may look into something like Audible, which has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. Listening on the go? If you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com backslash offers. <clears throat> so, 
Yeah, I, that was good advice. You know, I figured I had to. I didn't know how to work that in. Um, I don't know if he'll be fired or not. I, I, I think it's. I think it's very possible. Uh, I might even say probable. But I would also tell you that our our issues on defense, I don't think, are Pete Golding's fault. I think uh, I think maybe some new coaching and some new ideas might be helpful. But uh, I, I don't think what happened this year is a hundred percent Pete Golding's fault. It's certainly uh, the coaches are responsible. Heck, Nick Saban's responsible for it. He's supposed to be the best defensive mind of of this century or any other, and 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 he he watches the defense every day. So. I think uh, we've got to get more talent. We've got to recruit smarter. We've got to recruit better. We've got to develop the talent better. We've got to develop leadership better. We might need to rethink some things we're doing X's and O's wise. Yes, we need to stay healthier. There's no doubt the injuries. I'm not trying to say that injuries weren't a factor and y'all stopped talking about it. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that you can't lose an inside linebacker and one defensive lineman and, and then act like, well, we're off a cliff. No, no, it should hurt. It should hurt. Instead of giving up 14 points a game, now you should, now you might be giving up, you know, 25. But we gave up over 40 twice in the in the only games that mattered. Oh, and and, and against an Auburn offense that's bad. I don't care what you saw well, yesterday. Auburn I know, I know, but bad. It needs to be said, Jimmy, though that Auburn did have two pick sixes. I mean, look, and I'm not trying to make excuses because the defense played poorly. They played poorly, and they made some really boneheaded mistakes. And they, at times when we needed the defense to step up, just like in the LSU game, they would not step up. They couldn't get a stop when we needed one. Um, And there were times when the line looked okay, and then there were other times when the Auburn offensive line opened up a hole so big, Booby Whitlow ran through it with ease. I mean, you know, this, and I'll say again, Booby Whitlow's a fine running back. He's a nice running back. He's not a, he's not the kind of running back that normally gets hundred yards on Alabama and um, he's fine, but, but he did. Um, And that picture, I I hate to tell you this, Xavier McKinney, the picture of Sean Shavers putting his helmet right into your chest and knocking your helmet off. That's going to be wallpaper for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, but it's true. And it was just a good play. Um, he just knocked the crap out of you, and you showed up to the party unprepared for that play. Um, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just calling it like I see it. And hey, it's um, also this: let's say Bullivis makes the kick. Let's say Bullivis makes the kick. It doinks through <laughs> instead of doinks out. Bullivis makes the kick. There's still two minutes on the clock. I, I would have had zero confidence our defense was going to stop zero. It. zero, zero, zero. And 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 I'm talking about Auburn's offense with Bo Nix, who became the first true freshman to beat us since Wesley Carroll in 2007. But keep this in mind, I don't count Trevor Lawrence. I know Trevor Lawrence beat us as a true freshman. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is a freak and is me the first pick in the draft. So Trevor Lawrence right. is the exception to all the rules. But uh, that, that was an extremely average offense. I suppose they scored, you know, in the low 30s against our defense with that extremely average offense that same Auburn offense that scored 20 against Ole Miss who does not have a single starter that should be on the field at Alabama and they played Auburn better than we did so that that that's as a matter of fact Auburn scored fewer than the uh the 30 point the 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 points that they scored against us with their offense Auburn scored fewer points than that against seven 
of their 11 opponents prior to us. So our defense is atrociously bad. Now, let's, instead of just beating each other over the head with bats, probably the smart thing to do is get to fixing it. And uh, thank goodness uh, we happen to employ the greatest football coach of all time. So I'm sure he is hard at work at it even today. But, uh, but the offense has to get better too. I mean, the offense gave away. The offense was full of mistakes, including two game-losing pick sixes. And while we have an extremely interesting quarterback battle next year, assuming two is leaving, uh, uh, you know, what I'll say about Mac Jones is uh, Mac played more than good enough to prove that our quarterback situation will be in pretty good hands next year with Mac Jones. However, he didn't win the game. He didn't play well enough to win. So personally, I'm very open to the idea that Bryce Young or Talia Tungavaloa can beat him out. I'm, I'm open to that idea. But uh, at least Matt gave us some level of comfort that uh, that next year quarterback will be pretty good, even if it's with Mac Jones. Well, and also he will be throwing to Jalen Waddle, who was, uh, I mean, we've said it before, he was just, he was the best player on the field. Um, and I don't think he was very close. He was better than, no. he was better than anybody Alabama had. He was better than Derek Brown. Um, in fact, I thought our offensive line did pretty damn well against their defensive line that was so ballyhooed. They um, but that, no that's doubt. what you, Jimmy, that's what I, I start thinking. I'm like, wait a minute, the offensive line played okay. You know, they had a bunch of false starts, but they played okay. And that, I think some of that is going to get attributed to the crowd noise, which is valid. But I think some of it also is just Dickerson just wasn't, he just didn't seem with it a few times or something because Will's got in his face one time um, about the yeah. snaps because Will's is like, I'm hearing it, the clap. Why aren't you hearing it? which is, a, yeah. you know, a good point. Yeah. Um, Will's Will um, moved and, and blamed it on Dickerson, and, and, and I get it. I get it. I'm not trying to say that's that's just the difficulty of playing offensive line on the road in, in a loud place. And, uh, you know, and it's a shame that Landon couldn't hear it and the other linemen apparently could. At least Will's could yeah, <laughs> on that, that That's what's weird. But, uh, but here's the other thing. You said, you said what if Bullivus makes that kick? There is not a universe where Joseph Bullivus was going to make that kick, and that's not a shot yeah, at Bullivus. That's not – there yeah, is not a was. universe – if you're familiar with Marvel and DC Comics, they have multiverses. There's not one where Joseph Bullivus makes that kick. There's other ones where he hits no. the right upright versus the left upright, or he hits the bottom of the bar, or he sails it wide left, or it gets blocked, or whatever. But there's no universe where that kick is made. I knew it. Um, I Starting the fourth quarter, I was on a text chain with other Alabama and Auburn people um, through our sports blitz group, and – I said, I don't know how this game is going to end, but it's going to be comically horrific for somebody, probably <laughs> us. And that's the only thing I knew. And, you know, and, and I was dead on. I was 100% correct. And then the other thing, you know, I'm trying, I got to write an article for the paper on Tuesday. And I sent this to y'all. And I, I thought this is because this seems so apropos. And I said, look, I don't know who to blame. Everybody wants to blame both of us, which is crap. I mean, we could have sent Michael Proctor. Van Tiffin, whoever we wanted to send out there. Right now, nobody was making that kick. I, nobody on our team was going to make that kick. But I said, you know, yeah, in kicker the end, is something we hope, hopefully it's Riker. Hope, hopefully Riker did. Riker look. Riker, from when I've seen him, when healthy, I, I would say has a ton of potential. But really, at this level, it's it's all between the ears, isn't it? I mean, it's between well, it, the ears, and, and I, I guess you don't know it until you know it. You know whether they well, for him, it's between the hips. 
because he he's <laughs> he's hurt. Um, he is, but, yeah. uh, but we'll, we'll see. I, he should be healthy for next fall. I'm assuming we we cannot underestimate, and I don't know why this is. This either takes away your faith in a higher being, or it confirms your faith in a higher being. But there's something about this. Is what I'm going to write for Tuesday. Uh, of course, Jordan Air Stadium is built on a fo- solid foundation of crashed alien spacecrafts buried underneath a mound of decomposed unicorn remains, which feeds the field's grass, which was flown in from Ireland after the Great Leprechaun Massacre of 1936, no, excuse me, 1396, which supports the stadium's concrete structure, which is made from the dried ground sacrificial bones of virgin chupacabras. That's the only explanation of that voodoo, that magic they have there. It's the only scientific you know, explanation. That's science. It is science, Jimmy. I mean, it makes no science. sense. The things that happen in that stadium happen nowhere else. There, there's a polar vortex. There's a, a magnetic field. I mean, the Bermuda Triangle ought to annex Jordan-Hare Stadium. I mean, and say, look, we need to claim that shit because strange shit happens over here, and we need some of that. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, I mean, the, from the end of the half, three points, which ended up being the difference in the game, which I said out loud as soon as that happened. And we got, you know, whether it was a misapplication of the rule or just an unfair, apparent giant loophole in the replay system, uh, regardless of which one of the two it is, I'm like, does anyone in this room doubt that that three points won't end up costing us this game? And what do you know? The final margin was three points. But is there any explanation that. for that? Have have you have you gotten? I know the I've SEC came out with some trumped up BS, but I, I I have not been online reading everything all morning. But no, no, to my knowledge, so far there has not been an explanation from the SEC office. Hell, I, I don't remember even really getting one for that bizarre LSU uh, play down there when the uh, receiver was standing out of bounds uh, while Moss. the ball was on the way towards him. I never really recalled hearing an explanation of that or certainly not one that satisfied me. Well, that, that's, that's why I say, I'm, I, look, I'm fine. I will call a truce with every Auburn fan everywhere. And I'll say, guys, here's the deal. Here's the new deal. We all agree that Alabama was just screwed on that play. 100%, no doubt about it. And, and you can talk about Alabama didn't get called for a hold in, in 1984 somewhere. That's fine. But neither one of us should ever complain about officiating again. And I will do that if you will do that. And I'll hold myself accountable because I don't ever want to hear anymore that the the old adage of the SEC is protecting Alabama. Because if they were trying to protect us, I promise you that game would have had a much different ending. Yeah, this year, maybe... Maybe it's just because I'm getting older and I'm I'm getting to be the the age where I'm the get-off-my-lawn guy. But it just seemed like an entire year of bad officiating. When, when I'm complaining about officials' calls in a game that we won by 28 points, I mean, uh, th- that means that, that, that there really was some bad officiating. Now, I know it sounds hollow and sour grapes when it's a, a three-point game, uh, you know, to your rival in their, in their home stadium. But now I, I, I just think that the league needs a, uh, a much stronger review system for for how they're they're handling all their business because it just seems like there's just too many bad calls. I would love to get 
Nick Saban's unvarnished answer to that. He has to be very careful publicly how he approaches uh, the officiating issue. But uh, privately, I'm quite certain we get a different uh, sounding answer from Nick when it comes to things like at the end of the game when Auburn substitutes on their punt team while we're not allowed more time to substitute ourselves uh, is a pretty good question. And again, Nick Saban caught a lot of heck for saying he thought that was unfair. I don't think what he was saying was what Gus Malzahn did was unfair. What he was yeah, saying that, was yeah, he was saying, it. look, and, and here's the other thing. Gus Malzahn could have come out looking even smarter, but of course he's, <laughs> he can't do that. He has to refute his own brilliance by saying, you know what? I didn't really mean for that to happen. It was just make it so their coverage. I mean, so that their, um, their return team would be lined up a little differently so Waddle wouldn't get the ball. He didn't – he was like, that was just an unintended benefit, Alabama having 12 men on the field. And if I were him, I would have take, you know, taken total claim <laughs> for that. He, had, he, he didn't even think about that part. Yeah, when Nick I mean, said unfair, he was talking about the officials. He wasn't talking about, Gus is too smart. This isn't fair. If, you're, if, you, yeah. if you believe that, that he meant that, you're, you're, you're exactly who I want to have business dealings with. I mean, no, that, that, just, that, that's, that's nuts. He was talking about the rule, which says when one team substitutes, the other team is allowed time to match the substitution. And, and, and we felt we didn't get that time. And that, that would be, you know, unfair. That, that, that's one word you can use to describe that. Yes. And just what a, you know what it reminded me of? And this was, this was uh, the one I'm about to talk about is much more egregious in terms of what Alabama did to screw it up. Not an official error. It reminded me of the 2012 A&M. Jumps offside on the punt, and then they get a first down that way, and then they can just kneel it. There were about 30 seconds left. Um, yeah. And it reminded me of that. You just hate to see a game in that way. And um, yeah. But it did, and it's over, and it's done. So, you know, and we don't have much time left here either. And, I mean, th- this is what I was – fearful of like we get in here and just start ranting and we don't really have a clear vision but you know what I'm okay with that because I don't have a clear vision yet I don't really know what exactly all needs what I think needs to happen with the program just yet and I'll tell you something everybody's talking about the bowl game and who's sitting out I mean this moment right now my heart's not in a bowl game I mean I've seen projections of us playing Boise in the Cotton Bowl oh my god I can't imagine a worse fate (laughs) Well, I mean, two things, because uh, we're going to talk about this issue a lot over the next month when it comes out, when we have players that are choosing to sit out. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of that at all. As a matter of fact, I hate it. I was saying I hated it when uh, when it was happening to other teams. So this isn't a new issue. <laughs> I've, I've commented on this frequently. When other, I don't like it myself at all for a bunch of reasons. I get it. I get it. I'm not taking personal shots at any of those kids that do this. I, I'm not. I'm not saying anything other than I'm not a fan of it for a couple of reasons. Number one, the scholarship that you sign, you know, these kids, these kids are on scholarship. They're given numerous benefits worth a lot of money. I mean, that's another subject altogether, but the scholarships are worth a lot of money and nowhere does the scholarship say you can pick and choose what games you don't want to play in. There's nothing in there that says, okay, you can go to school here for free. And if you don't feel like playing, you don't want to play then just don't play. I, I don't think that's part of the deal when, when you sign up. Secondly, 
you're on a team and your teammates need you. I think you're leaving your teammates, and, and I hate that. Third, if I'm an NFL GM myself, I swear, I, I, I know that it's all about talent. I, I do. I do know that. But also know it's about this. I want guys on my team that want to compete. I, I want guys like, oh, you mean we get to play another game? Awesome. Can we start practice right now? I mean, that's the guy I want. I don't want the guy that I don't know about playing. I don't know about I don't know about practicing for another four weeks and playing. I might get hurt. Yeah, it's football. You might get hurt. You might get hurt. That's 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 part of playing football. Um, the, you know, everybody brings up the uh, the, the Notre Dame linebacker Jalen Smith. J- that was right. Jalen Jalen Smith got hurt. Uh, you know, uh, in his bowl game and fell out of the first round. He's going to be a top ten pick. And almost lost his career. He fell out of the first round. Had to kind of redshirt his rookie year in uh, in the NFL over that. And everyone points to that. But when people ask Jalen Smith if he regrets playing in the bowl game where he got hurt, he says no, no. He was on a team, and he enjoyed playing with his team. And it was another opportunity to compete. He has no regrets about playing in that bowl game. So. I don't like it, and I won't be a fan of it. But I'm not going to say. For instance, just to pick a name, you know, Terrell Lewis, if Terrell's like, I'm not playing that bowl game, I'm not going to go, damn it, Terrell, you suck, you selfish. No, it's not like that. I mean, that, that's fine. He, he, it's, a business, it's a business decision, and there is some level of logic behind it. So I'm not mad. Plus, these guys that are sitting out would be guys that aren't on the team next year anyway. So exactly. it's more practice for the guys that are actually going to be on the team next year. So I'm not going to be mad, but I don't like it as a, as a sports fan and as a college football fan. Uh, I, I, w- I, I don't like it. I don't think it's good for the sport or good for the team. And frankly, I don't think it's good for the kids. But, but they, they get to make their own business decisions, so I'm not going to uh, take it personal. All right, Jimmy, we only got about a minute and a half left, so I guess closing statements here is – you know, stick with us on Locked On Bama. We're going to try and get more. Um, <laughs> we're, we're going to try and get more up. level-headed as the week goes. But uh, right yeah. now, I, I bet you, I bet you, everybody out there kind of feels like us. Kind of, uh, if you look at the stats, if you look at the game objectively, you go, "How in the hell did we lose this again?" Now you're saying because <laughs> Najee Harris has a great backside, the ball bounced way up off of it. If that had been my ass that the ball had hit, it would have falling right down like a water slide. But instead, Najee Harris is just built like a Greek god, so the ball stays up and lands in the hand of the Auburn linebacker. That's what happens in that voodoo-ridden stadium. Oh, my God. (laughs) You know, we'll try and find some logic somewhere in all of this as the week goes on. Stick with us, I guess. Yeah, signing day in just 18 days, so uh, we'll, we'll have a lot of recruiting talk. Uh, I'm also, since you're down in Mobile, we're all expecting you to have ear to the ground about Des Moines Kennedy making that surprise trip to LSU this past weekend. It has everybody on edge. So uh, do some digging there, please. At this point, I, I don't know anything that anyone does, everyone else doesn't already know, but I'll say at this point that uh, <laughs> based on how all the news has been going lately, why are any of us going to be shocked if, if uh, that ends up being a flip? But uh, we did recruit Des Moines later than most. LSU had been recruiting him earlier and longer than we have. And uh, I'm sure they bring that up to him all the time. 
So I'm sure that's a factor. Well, thank you for ending it on a high note there, buddy. <laughs> but All we right, are going to find other kids that seem seem to look pretty good. All right, buddy. We'll roll tide, right. and we'll talk again tomorrow. Roll tide.